1: ny or text hope ny in new york
2: hello this is justin williams with the wolfpacker podcast i'm joined today as always by editor of the wolfpacker.com and fellow co-host matt carter we are going to preview the nc state charleston southern matchup in week two don't worry we're not going to talk about uh, charleston southern for an hour here uh we're going to start off this podcast with a New segment I think we will be incorporating throughout the season in these preview podcasts, the length of which will depend on, uh, you know, the opponent we're previewing, how much we really need to dig into uh, the X's and O's. Probably not so necessary to dig too deep against Charleston Southern, but we will do exactly that. Um, But before we get into football talk, some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. You can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, we're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. You can also watch us on YouTube. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and give this video a thumbs up, drop a comment while you're at it. All of that stuff helps us out tremendously. So if, you, uh, if you're if you a loyal listener, you appreciate what we do, you appreciate the podcast, please um, take a moment out of your day to Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast and also give us a, give us a subscription on, uh, on on our YouTube channel. It is free, by the way. All of that is free, so uh, no money involved there. But if you want to talk about something you can get for just a dollar, you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network. Um, and yes, it's not free, but that dollar is going to get you a lot of content over the next year takes you through the next football season. We're at the beginning of the 2022-23 athletics uh, calendar. So pay that dollar, unlock all that access to the message boards, premium information, recruiting information, uh, find out everything NC State Athletics before it hits Twitter. And you want to be the most informed fan in your tailgate. Tailgate season starts this Saturday. Uh, you might as well be a member of the wolfpacker.com so that you can be the guy everybody goes to in the tailgate. And say, Hey, what's up with the, what's up with this? What's up with that? You're going to be the one that uh, everybody goes to because you're going to be a member of the wolfpacker.com. Uh, lastly, you can follow us on social media at the wolfpackers, our main account. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will. We're also on Facebook, NC state wolfpack on the wolfpacker.com. All right. I think, uh, I think that's all the reminders. I think I, I think I checked all the boxes there. So let's let's talk some football and let's start off with uh, a segment. I think we're going to call upon further review um, in our preview podcast. So we have our post game reflections podcast that happen day of. You know, sometimes maybe the next day depending on when the game ends, uh, schedules line up. But that's typically you know knee jerk reactions. What you see in the game. But sometimes, you know, after a couple nights sleep, maybe think of a few more things you didn't say on the Post Game Reflections podcast. Maybe uh, you see the rest of what happened around the league, around the nation, and college football gives you a little bit better perspective as to what happened on Saturdays. So let's start off this podcast by doing a pun further review of the NC State ECU game. NC State comes out of Greenville with a win, 21-20, by the skin of its teeth. Needed a couple missed kicks, but uh Matt, I'll I'll toss it to you cuz I've got a few thoughts here just based on the last few days. NC State falls to number 18 in the AP poll, a five five slot drop for the Wolfpack after a win on the road. Um so Matt, what do you what do you think about the I mean have have you thinking about this game has anything else come to your mind since we've done that post game reflection podcast and also what do you what do you make of just kind of the reaction to NC State's win it feels like you know the national perspective on this is kind of like yeah we expected a lot more from this NC State team so it almost it almost feels like some in the national media are taking it as a loss
3: yeah, I, I definitely. So, from the AP perspective, you drop. I don't have a tremendous problem with it. I, I, I didn't think NC State looked like a number 13 team in the country at East Carolina. They looked um, closer to, uh, yeah, right, quite frankly, you can make a case they didn't look like a top 25 team that particular yeah. afternoon. But I do think we have to remember that it, it, it's, we're talking about a there's a recency bias on top of a recency bias, right? There's a recency bias of how things went in the fourth quarter after you got stopped on the second goal line stand, which was bad. It was bad. The last 10 minutes of that game were bad. End of story. Um, uh, but it kind of, you know, some people need to remember that. Because well, they just took advantage of what was in front of them it never gets to that point. And I do go back to, I think and I said in the chat today, we do a premium chat, same with plug, every Wednesday. And I noted in the premium chat, I think NC State left a lot. They left a lot on the field. I, uh, I I When I went back and watched it, I saw a lot of stuff left on the field. East Carolina left some stuff too. Let's be clear. This was not like ECU played a perfect game. ECU had to measure they could be better. But I think some of the stuff ECU left on the field is a product of that was the matchup of NC State versus ECU. Whereas I think what NC State left on the field was a lot of that was NC State not being as sharp as they needed to be. And in hindsight, I think all of us, I don't know of all of us, I'll raise my hand and say myself, underestimated the challenge of the assignment I, probably put too, I did put way too much into the fact that NC State was so much better than ECU just three years ago that it would be hard to see how they, they closed the gap. I still don't think they closed the gap as much as that game indicates. But as I said in the chat, if that were week three or week four in Greenville, I think it's a different outcome. If that game was played in Carter-Friendly Stadium week one, I think it's a different outcome. But that was a veteran ECU team playing at home against an NC State team, that has some, um, you know, they they still have to, some, some uh, I don't know what the right word is, rhythm defined on the field. Um, but they were just not sharp. And so they not sharp on the road against a veteran ECU team that's probably going to go to a bowl with a quarterback as experienced as Holt Nader. Uh, and the crowd getting behind them, sensing the opportunity. These U players sense the opportunity. I think NC State got tight, and you saw the ending. But I do think there's a little bit too much of not just the recency bias of how the game uh, ended up, but how the game ended up, ended up. If that makes sense, we we'll focused a lot on that fourth quarter, and uh, Yeah, NC going can get a lot better. They have to get a lot better, but I think they, they can. That's, that's the main thing.
2: Yeah, the more I've thought about it, I mean, I kind of take more positives away from this game than negatives. I don't – first of all, it's week one, and it's, it's ripe for overreactions. You know, <laughs> we're not going to have this type of reaction to every game when it comes to week seven. You know, if NC State wins a game by one point on the road, let's say – John, what what what's an easy ACC road game for NC State this year? On paper, Syracuse. Well, it was. Well, I mean, Syracuse looked pretty good in Week One against Louisville. Uh, well, how about Louisville? I mean, since <laughs> on our on our in, on our season preview, we had the landmines along the way. Uh, I know Louisville was discussed as one of those potential tough games. Well, uh, if Louisville continues to step on its toe here early season, they might be throwing the towel. And by uh, by week twelve, when NC State goes up to Louisville, but let, let's say NC State wins that game by one point, and they're ranked thirteen going into that game, they're not going to drop five spots in the rankings for winning a game by one point in week you know eight versus week one. It's just it's just the tendency of 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 the game. I mean, look at Florida; they were unranked going into week one, they beat Utah. In a close, you know, last-minute down-to-the-wire game, a top-10 team in Utah, Uh, they beat them at home. They soar up the rankings to number 12 uh, going into week two. Does Florida look a little bit better than I think people expected? Yeah. But I don't think, you know, they deserve to go up to number 12 just based on one game. It's it's. And it, it, it's all gonna it's all gonna work itself out. It's all gonna be a body of work once we get to the end of the season. Um, but kind of you know the main perspective of this game is just NC State didn't play its best game. We we both graded NC State. I, I think I said a C. You gave them a C minus overall for this game, um, and they were still able to go win uh, a tough road game against an in-state opponent. That you know this was their Super Bowl for the year they put all their chips into this game. So, um, you know, if you're not going to have your best performance and you still find a way to, to come out of the, come out of the game with a victory, especially on the road, it's never easy to win on the road in college football. I don't care who you're playing. Um, You know, I would take that as a positive that, that, you know, that that's not something that is always the case at NC state. So to consider how much went wrong in this game, just, you know going into the season Devin Leary all the expectations I don't think we saw anywhere close to Devin Leary's potential going into this year and that gives me reason for optimism because if NC State can figure these things out over the next few weeks at home before they get started in conference play just think about how good this team can be you know if everything starts to click as expected if if you get the Devin Leary you expected going into the season if you You know, make a few adjustments and some of the you know decision making and and goal line situations. If you find a way to punch the ball in at the one yard line, which you know NC State in the past hasn't necessarily had issues with red zone efficiency, um, especially not to that level, going zero for two there in the second half at the one yard line. Those are kind of fluky type things that I think can be corrected over the next few weeks here. So I don't know. I I think the emotions of that game on Saturday, it was a close call. You wanted to see NC state come out of the gate with a big win over an in-state in-state rival, you know, on the road didn't happen as expected, but I still think there's, there's more positives to take than than negatives from that game. And, and, you know, Charleston Southern at home week two, I think that's exactly what the doctor ordered after a game like this. You know, it's kind of a, I think dave Doran said in his in his uh Monday availability this week, you know it's kind of a nice lesson of humility for this team because these guys pay attention they're all on social media they see all these preseason rankings they see all the expectations they know that they're you know one of the favorites in the a c c they know the expectations that have been placed on them, and I think they went into that game maybe feeling a little bit you know too confident it, it, or there there's a difference between confidence and cocky. And you always have to respect your opponent. And I'm not saying that they didn't respect their opponent. But what I am saying is, look, every week is going to be a battle. You got to go into every week like you're playing Clemson on the road. So maybe it's exactly what the doctor ordered. I know they're going to have a confidence builder against Charleston Southern this week. And then, you know, we'll see how they respond in week three when Texas Tech comes into Carter Finley Stadium to give them their real second test of the season.
3: And I'll add to it, real quick before we kind of wrap this up. Uh, you know, NC State was up 21-7. I didn't think they were playing particularly well when they were up 21-7 either. And so I, I think that's part of it is what we need to remember is that at halftime, they're up 21-7. I thought they played a C game in the second half. And the only reason <laughs> they got elevated to a C was the nice drive to end the first half. Um... And I thought East Carolina kind of played a beacon game for them. So um, it, it kind of goes back to what we talked about. It was a bit of a small, maybe a small overreaction to what was a bad fourth quarter. I don't think anyone can deny the fourth quarter went poorly for NC State. But it never should have gotten to that point. And that, that's that changes the perception entirely. And I, I don't think it got to that point because of East Carolina. I think it got to that point because of a of interesting state with penalties, stalling out a drive or a penalty extending the drive or fumbling at the goal line or having some weird circumstances at the goal line where you may have scored if they swallowed the whistle rather than blowing it. Or you may have scored, but there was no review that could tell you that, to Mo, was in. I think he probably was in. Um, so and and then I don't have no problem being aggressive, going for it on fourth and goal. But look, if they kick a field goal there. That probably <laughs> they, you know that changes the complexion of the game entirely too. And then it's question is, do they get to the spread or not? So, um,
2: so but to that point, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen anybody criticizing the decision to go for it you know, in both situations now on the goal line. I
3: go. were 10 minutes to go, and the odds are going to punch it in. That, that,
2: that was another positive I took away from this game, though, because NC State under Dave Doran has had a tendency to play it a little bit more conservative, you know, even on in fourth-down situations. I saw NC State a lot more aggressive in fourth-down situations. When they're in opposing territory, they were going for it, you know, if it was anywhere – less than fourth and five. And, and and the numbers suggest that that's a positive for any offense.
3: And I, My last thought, too, is on that goal line situation, I know the ref blew the whistle right as he snapped with Devin Leary, and he was going to probably score on the sneak. Run it again. I know they saw it. They see it coming. But you have an all-ACC center. You have a potential NFL guard. Go behind those two. You got another guard who's on the freaks list with Booth Feldman uh, they can't put eight guys in between those three there's only so much room in front of those guys and a push from the linebackers isn't going to do a heck of a whole lot I mean you're literally just talking about finding enough wiggle room to lean forward into the end zone so uh, that would be my only complaint there too maybe overthinking it a little bit with we all do in life that's that's everybody's tendency. so uh, but I don't think Justin, that I tried to do my own natural segue that that's going to be a problem against Charleston Southern.
2: Well, before before uh, before we dive into Charleston Southern, I did want to talk about the injuries. Uh, yeah. You know, injury updates from earlier this week. Trent Penix left the game. In Greenville, uh, a couple times, the second time he left the game for good, and turns out he's going to miss four to six weeks based on expectations, according to Dave Dorn. Earlier this week, that would put him out. You know, best-case scenario, he's back maybe after the Clemson game, um, which would be Florida State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, a little bit later down the, down the road in conference play. Also got an update on Peyton Wilson who left the game and did not return in Greenville. He's currently day-to-day. The MRIs were very positive. There was no sign of further injury. It's just a soreness situation, and they're taking it day by day with Peyton Wilson. I would not expect to see Peyton Wilson play against Charleston Southern because they're not going to need him. And especially, you know, it's it's going to be a good opportunity for some of those reserves to get some reps too, just in case the Peyton Wilson shoulder situation doesn't go away. Um, you know, we NC State might need uh, some of those reserves to step up a little bit more as the season progresses. So it'll give them some extra reps. It'll give Wilson some extra rest going into the Texas Tech matchup. Now, not, not, this isn't official, but I would be I would be shocked to see Peyton Wilson put in a game like this. Uh, Matt, what you know? What are your takeaways from from both of those injury updates?
3: Yeah, I think Trent Penix is kind of a key injury, because I think he would, you know, be encountered upon in that passing game. And you saw that they targeted him a few times. He was kind of definitely go-to guy on the short, medium passes. So, you know, you know, Christopher Tootle can do it. He did it last year. So um, we'll see if we get uh, more targets. It wasn't really particularly targeted too much at East Carolina. See if that, if that changes, uh, this would be a good game to kind of, well, you may want to hold it back and save it for Texas Tech, I don't know. That's one of the things about a game like this, how much do you want to put on film? You know, you obviously want to work on some stuff. Uh, you want to, to rep some stuff, because this is basically, you know, you're playing against, you probably get more competition in, a, in an inter-squad scrimmage, but this one counts. And so this is a good chance to, in a game setting, work on what you do in a controlled setting. Otherwise, um, but uh, that that's something they that I think they kind of got to find somebody to maybe take those weapons, that, uh, those targets that Trent Penne took. You know, Payton. Uh, that's just they played a whole year without him, pretty much last year. So we know what the defense can look like without him. It's still pretty good. You just really wish that. Full strength, flying around, violent. Peyton Wilson returns at some point. Back to Penix. I think that the good news is, is he'll be there the second half of the year after the Dubai. I mean, if the four to six weeks holds up, that means essentially the last game he would miss would be right before Dubai, and so in a strange way that could be a, a, a good thing because it gives him some, some time to get back into shape, get back into the you know get the rust off and get back into the flow of things and, and come back a little bit quicker into the offense versus, you know, coming first game out after being out for four weeks. Either way, I think you're, you're looking at best case scenario uh, fully integrated back into the offense, Trent Pennick second half of the year. And I'm kind of with you. The only reason I would see maybe Peyton Wilson playing against Charleston Southern is just to get the confidence and the trust back in the shoulder. But, um, you know, that's, that's up to Peyton and the, and the, and the doctors, obviously, right? mentally, it might be good for him to, to rest it, or it could be good for him to, to kind of realize that this, this soreness is nothing wrong, structurally, according to Dave Dorn, nothing wrong with the shoulder. The MRI is clean. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but I, I kind of go with you, I think I'm more inclined to say you don't need them, so don't play them, don't risk it.
2: I I wouldn't. I mean, even if, even if the doctors clear him, I mean, even if, even if he wants to go, I'd say we need you you take, take the week off, get that shoulder healthy. We got a big matchup in week three against Texas tech. We're going to need you for that game. Um, But I think both positive updates, I think for NC state fans, just based on how things could have played out, you're going to get Trent Penix back at some point this season. If everything, you know, progresses as, as expected. And 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 great news on the MRI front from Peyton Wilson the fact that nothing was structurally wrong um that it you know it's just a matter of soreness and and getting the trust back in that shoulder um so let's jump into the Charleston Southern matchup NC State going into this game 1 and 0 Charleston Southern 0 1 they dropped their week 1 matchup at home against Western Carolina lost that game 52 to 38 um so that's gonna gives you a good idea for what kind of defense uh, to expect from Charleston Southern. I don't expect NC State to score just twenty one points in this game. In fact, I would feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to double um, its score total uh, this Saturday at, at a bare minimum. I would expect I would expect forty two or more points at least. Um, so for for the matchup, Matt. I mean, what you know? What what do you see from Charleston Southern? Are there any players to you know look out for? Do you just kind of want to talk about maybe how you kind of expect this game to go, and and you I know mean, what what you would do?
3: I'm gonna go on my rant that I go on every year at about this time about playing an FCS team, but I will say I gained a little bit more appreciation about the value of the game after a while. because I, I really think starting at East Carolina. We could much trickier than i probably gave an appreciation for and maybe you can understand why mac brown felt that way last year when you and she opened at virginia tech and you know for the schools like nc state that 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 are not a perfect roster and at alabama you can understand now why florida state for instance made a very smart move to get a game in week zero against duquesne before they played florida state Really or LSU. Uh, LSU, yeah. That looks yeah. really smart now. Um, and, and thank so- you,
2: Florida State, for saving the ACC from a terrible, terrible weekend,
3: by the yeah. way. Yeah. So stuff like that kind of, um, in hindsight, that makes that make sense. And I maybe I gained a further appreciation for why coaches value these games. This probably would have been the ideal opener. go out there, uh, kind of work on stuff, in a, in a real game live situation, yeah, take, get the credit for the win um, and then come out healthy. But, yeah, this game should not, if it is, then we got a real serious problem. This game should not be an issue. They did play East Carolina very competitively a year ago, lost by three points. Now, ECU, they talked to each other and started very fast. Jumped out to an early lead on East Carolina. Then East Carolina dominated up to that point and built up a nice lead going in the fourth quarter. And then Charleston Southern uh, kind of snuck up on ECU at the end of the game and, and nearly had a chance to pull out a big upset against Georgia. They were manhandled as expected, and they lost by like 50 points. Um, this is a Charleston Southern team that went four and six overall last year. They were four and four against fellow FCS teams they were picked to finish third in the 16 Big South Conference, so they basically scream on paper a mediocre FCS team, and you know those are the type of teams uh, that you should score a lot. The only thing about Charleston Southern is they are an air raid attack. Apparently, they are going to throw the football, so it might be a little entertaining. Might take longer than you would normally expect against a lopsided FCS team, but. State hasn't lost an FCS game since 1987. They they probably won't start this Saturday. And they've they've had a couple close calls in there, but this isn't a team that should have a close call. And you just want to get out of the game healthy as much as anything. And so, some improved tackling, some better play-making ability on the perimeter offensively, maybe some better short yardage situations. But uh, you're just looking to see how clean you can be And how healthy can you be at the end of the game?
2: Uh, Do we know if Texas Tech still runs the air raid? I know
3: they scored like 70 in their opener against Murray State. Uh, And I believe their new offensive coordinator, if I'm right, uh, they may have hired the offensive coordinator who was at Western Kentucky. And they did throw the ball. Load last year, so, um, I'd have to look that up. Well, I, about. you know, I,
2: I know Texas Tech does come in re- with a reputation of they have run the air raid in the past. Okay, so they invented
3: it with uh, uh, Mike Leach.
2: So assuming that you know they still run some form of the air raid, or at, at a bare minimum, they're going to put the ball in the air quite a bit. You know, it could be a nice dress rehearsal, nice practice test against Charleston Southern before Texas Tech comes to town in Week Three. Um, You know, another point I kind of wanted to uh, uh, that I'm looking for in this uh, in this matchup, I'd like to see NC State throw the ball uh, pretty aggressively in the first half because I'd like to see Devin Leary get into rhythm and 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 get some. Get some of that confidence back that you know we've seen in years past uh not to say that his confidence was impacted in week one but i think it's certainly i'm i'm sure that he's not happy with his performance and i'm sure that you know anybody that's followed leary since his time in, in raleigh you know that that wasn't his best game that wasn't the game that i think everybody expected him to have um so I think you know a game like this, Charleston Southern, you can build some confidence. Would love to see him, you know, get some of that uh, efficiency back up. Maybe get the ball downfield a little bit more, and uh, you know, I mean, just getting Shannon rhythm.
3: Gave, yeah, Charleston Southern gave up, I think four hundred. They gave up over six hundred yards of total offense to Western Carolina. Who, I'm sure that's a nice team, but they, they I haven't been following FCS football closely. But last I checked, they're not a uh, FCS national title contender. Uh, and to answer the question, Texas Tech hired Jeff Kitley, who was the Western Kentucky offensive coordinator. And they, uh, Western Kentucky led the country in passing yards per game. So they, you might be on this. That's probably a good, uh, good pickup there. And uh, this might be a little bit of a warm up
2: after. Yeah. With Bailey Zappi, correct?
3: That, that was his quarterback. Yeah. And I yeah. know the Texas Tech starter got hope in that game and will miss uh, the NC State game, but Texas Tech plays Houston in a nice matchup this weekend. So we got plenty of time to talk about Texas Tech, but that kind of tells you, you know, back to my rant, these games are like Charles and Southern. There's no anticipation on my end for these games, so right? I just like the game where you're like, let's just get through the week
2: and uh healthy
3: yeah and uh, I, i'm am so looking forward to just getting this game out of the way so i don't have to get back to actual previewing stuff and anticipating stuff and analyzing stuff and, and rather than yeah this particular game
2: well, maybe we can wrap up the podcast this way, Matt, because uh, we're not going to talk about the betting lines because I'm not even able to see. Uh, I wasn't able to easily find the betting betting line for NC State me it in this was game.
3: Forty-four and a half point.
2: Four. Okay. Yeah. Something outrageous. I mean, you know, if it's like buying a scratch off, there's there's not a rhyme or reason to that. You don't know what NC State's going to do in the second half. They could they could lead by forty five at halftime and then you know put in the put in the reserves and just kind of drain the clock get out of this game try to get try to get out of this game as healthy as possible um but i've i've noticed that you know the follow up to week 1 a lot of the talk in the national media just looking at the ACC the ACC's caught a lot of criticism for, for scheduling with these early season games at a group of 5 opponents road games at at uh, you know non power 5 opponents but also against teams that can that are capable of beating you, um, and the criticism always, you know, points to the SEC or the Big Ten. And say, well, those conferences don't do do things like that. They just play, you know, three cupcakes in the non conference, and then they'll let their conference strength do the talking for their resumes at the end of the season. Um, but I kind of want to push back on that a little bit because it's all its all a matter of perspective of what you're looking for. As a league, I would agree with the take that, you know, the ACC is trying to boost its standing in the national uh, picture and having a flawless or close to flawless non-conference resume would certainly help perspective. But, you know, the ACC is not in a position where they're already behind the SEC and the Big Ten in terms of, respect and reputation at the national stage they're gonna have to play games against some of those conferences and have success against those conferences to get that respect back um but to me these games are interesting this is what college football is all about i mean everybody everybody's given a, the acc criticism but you watch any of these college football broadcasts on saturday and what were the highlights at halftime it was nc state and ecu it was App State in, in North Carolina because they were good games and there was a lot of interest. And there were both sellouts. There were both, I think, record crowds in both Boone and Greenville for these games. And I think it's just a matter of what, you know, for the fan, I would rather I would rather see games in which there is a question of what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen on Saturday. I know NC State's going to kill Charleston Southern. But going into week one at least there was a conversation of, Oh, is NC state going to, you know, take care of business and win this game by a couple touchdowns or, you know, it, it wasn't a guarantee that NC state was going to do that. So to me, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in favor of, of playing these regional matchups because they're fun. And ultimately at the end of the day, that's what college football is. It's, it's entertainment. It's, it's supposed to be fun.
3: Yeah. They're, um, I said this too. NC State East Carolina. I don't. I haven't seen if these numbers were final. They actually end up being the ninth most watched college football game of the weekend, with over two million viewers. Um, so we talked about how this was an excellent lead-in, uh, excellent time slot for eyeballs. Uh, and so, if you're NC State, you want to kind of continue that because you want to make a case more and more that you can draw on television. Um, yeah, I thought the ACC looked it was mixed. Right. nice win Pitt. Nice win Florida State. You went two and one against Power Five teams. Boston College slipped up at home against Rutgers, but lost by one point. You can take that. what where the ACC slips up and this is I think a real topic of conversation is Virginia Tech loses at Old Dominion. NC State very fortunate to win at East Carolina. UNC very fortunate to win at Appalachian State. Why are there so many ACC teams playing road games at Group of Five teams? And when you look at what David Hale kind of pulled up, SEC doesn't do it. Big Ten doesn't do it. But you know who else doesn't do it? Big 12, Pac-12. ACC is alone among Power Five conferences and going to these a uh, group of five road games. And it's not to be dis. I, I'm i okay with it. In, in the cases of these three cases, they are some in state libraries there, and, and that kind of changes the dynamics a little bit. But look, NC State in its future schedule, you know, I'm pulling it up now. They're going to be playing at South Florida next year. They got a game at Troy in 2028, and then they got at Louisiana Tech in 2034. I can understand an Appalachian State, maybe a Charlotte, and an East Carolina. But those games need to go away. And the ACC needs to really start kind of saying, you know what, when those are no-win situations, they're entertaining. And for the fans of the state, it was entertaining. Um, but in the, as you pointed out, nationally, there was nothing to gain. Nothing to gain by it. And that's ultimately what matters right now when you're trying to survive at the conference. Not whether your fans in the state of North Carolina were entertained, but what, did it move the, are you moving the needle nationally? And unfortunately, look, kind of run full circle. Look what happened to NC State in the AP poll. Obviously didn't move the, move the needle nationally. And North Carolina won, but what is everybody talking about? How the heck do you give up 40 points in the fourth quarter to Appalachian State? And what is everybody talking about at Virginia Tech? How do you lose at Old Dominion for the second time in like four or five years? So, um, that, I think, is a larger topic of conversation to have. These games have got to stop. Yeah. ECU and Appalachian are kind of exceptions, but they, some of these games have got to stop.
2: I'm with you. I, I think there's truth on, on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, totally agree that NC State has no business playing on the road at Louisiana Tech. Uh, I mean, what, what are you accomplishing there other than just adding a game to your schedule? I, that that doesn't make any sense to me, but there is regional appeal to NC State going to Greenville. There is regional appeal to NC State going to Boone in a few years. Um, you know, and beyond that, I mean, I think those are the two kind of I think those are the only two regional yeah, out of power five conference. Yeah, but I mean, are you really going to go play at Charlotte? I mean, well, I got them on the know. book in 2031 at Charlotte. Okay, great. Well, we don't. <laughs> okay, it, nine years away. I mean, we also saw this morning, we saw that Cincinnati backed out of its home and home with NC State since it's going to be joining the Big 12. They already had a road game at Pittsburgh scheduled. Um, next season, so backing out of that deal, I mean, I don't I think it was just a matter of a numbers game with them, yeah. right? Nothing personal. But um you do hate like, to see yeah.
3: that. Yeah, BYU in Cincinnati, Go so BYU being independent, obviously. They had to find right? you go from having a schedule twelve team to schedule three and then the conference takes care of the rest. So that meant nine teams were getting getting to axe on the And NC State and BYU couldn't come to an agreement on the scheduling. Uh, Cincinnati, somewhat similar. Big Twelve is kind of unique. They play nine conference games: ACC, SEC, and Pac-12. I do the Pac-12 play eight or nine. I can't remember. Obviously, the SEC and ACC play eight. I think the Pac-12 plays nine. Yeah. Uh, So the ACC and SEC and Cincinnati's old conference, the AAC. Uh, They did eight. Cincinnati has to find a way to uh, squeeze in that last conference game, which meant they had to get rid of one non-conference game from uh, most accounts. Not final, but the likely new opponent will be Marshall on the schedule for 2023, which uh, that's fine. Get get happy. What's
2: that? Yeah, I said get happy. Start, yeah. to start making your plans now for the Marshall game. Yeah, I mean, but I don't yeah, know Notre Dame
3: coming to Valley. So it's still a nice schedule. Uh,
2: that's right, that's right, and that'll well, we'll to be determined if that'll be a conference game at that point. But as of now, it'll be a non-conference game. So,
3: by you know, where NC State probably opening next year. Where uh, at Connecticut? Which is. I'll give it a pass because when you schedule it out, I'm sure Connecticut would probably viewed in a different light. But that's another one where it'd be going forward, you do not need to be playing at Connecticut.
2: Hey, maybe it'll be a conference game at that point. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking for <laughs> NC State women's basketball playing
3: at Connecticut,
2: I will say. Sure. Different different, different situations there. I think yeah. I think that's a good place for us to wrap up this podcast uh tune in saturday twelve thirty. uh on my end i'm seeing this as an espn three game how do you how do you watch it in raleigh matt is it on RF- rsn or anything yeah rfm okay valley so sports. that valley, valley sports. sports okay so tune in twelve thirty p.m saturday nc state taking on charleston southern and we will be back uh This weekend with the Post Game Reflections Mm -hmm. podcast. That one might be Uh, quick. What's that? That'll that'll probably be a quick one. So um, until then, uh, remember you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Also, you can watch us on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment while you're at it. You can follow us on social media at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter and give us a like on Facebook, NC state Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com last, but not least take advantage of the deal going on at the Wolfpacker.com for just a dollar. You can get a year's worth of premium subscription to the as part of the on three network um, unlocks access to the message boards. You get the insider information on everything NC state athletics, including recruiting, Uh, So take advantage of that deal. It really is a great deal. A dollar for a year. I mean, that's the best subscription deal in sports. Uh, You got to pay at least, what, five, 10 bucks a month for ESPN Plus, all these streaming services. Think about how many streaming services you have. Add this to your repertoire. Again, just a dollar for a year. You're barely going to tell the difference and you're going to tell that you're going to tell the difference based on your knowledge of NC state, because you're going to be a much more informed NC state fan. And I'd like to think you'll be the most informed fan at your tailgate, which you're going to have three of those coming up over the next three weeks. So uh, enjoy that. Take advantage of the deal while you can. And that's going to do it for this podcast for Matt Carter. This is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker podcast.